0: the around the green podcast the podcast about all things fc motown the npsl club based in morristown new jersey i'm charlie brooks and after a week without a podcast i am more than happy to be back and i have a great interview for you today i'm joined today by fc motown head coach sachi hot who's been coaching motown since 2018 and we will talk everything from his career how he sets up the team for game days in his view on preseason and the US Open Cup next month. You won't want to miss this interview. Stay tuned after the break. And a big welcome to the podcast Coach Sachi Hot of FC Motown. So Sachi, tell us a little bit more about yourself and how you got to this point in your career in soccer.
1: Oof. We can go uh we can go all the way back um to youth soccer. I played at uh the New York Red Bulls Academy my whole life pretty much from age 12 to about 19 when I signed with the first team. But uh, I then went to Boston College for about a year and a half. I played there. I got called into U20 national team and uh ended up going to World Cup qualifying with them. And then after qualifying, I signed a homegrown deal with Red Bulls, played there for a good year and a, uh, some change and then I went over to Germany, played there for another year and some change. And uh and then I retired at the age of 22, I believe, or 23. Um yeah I guess you can say I retired from the pro game around then and then I joined uh, FC Motown as a player and then I and then I eventually became a coach so the ride was fun man
0: Sounds like it's been a a long ride so far but a good one in soccer
1: Oh uh, for sure for sure
0: So you talked about how you retired at a young age and then you got involved playing for FC Motown. So how did you find out about the club?
1: One of my good friends, Michael Kusti, was actually playing for for FC Motown, and he had asked me if I was willing to, you know, just play casually with them. Um, I was doing nothing at the moment, and I still wanted to stay active, so I said sure okay and I went to one game or a training or I forgot what it was exactly but then I realized that I didn't want to play anymore and I kind of was in that phase of I hate soccer I don't like soccer so then Scott actually reached out it's a funny story Scott actually reached out to me and was asking if I'd play for them permanently and uh, I gave him every excuse in the book. I told him I couldn't get a ride, I didn't have a car, I was busy. And for every excuse that I gave him, he had a rebuttal to it. And uh, at one point I had no more excuses left and I had to say, sure, I'll play for you guys. And I appreciated Scott's you know, hunger to, uh, to get me on the team. And uh, that's him in a nutshell. He'll never take no for an answer. So um, he pretty much <laughs> he pretty much strong armed me into into playing, and, and I had no idea.
0: <laughs> Obviously, you had no idea what you would end up being a coach for the team in the future as well.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I I had no idea, you know, because it was it was just so casual. It was just you know once a week, and you know it wasn't as serious. And then I saw what Dan and Scott were about. And I knew their ambitions, so I figured, hey, we can take this to another level if you let me run this and, you know, bring some of my friends to the team. And if you guys want to get serious, then, you know, I can get serious and we can take this club to another level. And they were all about it, you know. Scott and Dan are super ambitious owners, and they love it. They do it for fun. And it's sort of almost like a – it's almost like a – I wouldn't say a fantasy league for them, but it's it's the closest thing to them being GMs and owners in the in the sports world.
0: I, I do have to say, from my experience of working with them, they're definitely some fun guys to work with, and I'm sure I'm sure they're fun to work with on the sidelines as well. I was talking to Dan during the fir- first podcast, and he was talking about how. Coach Hop probably didn't like that they were sitting on the sidelines right there as the well, owners. Something that's a little different with the uh, the semi pro slash amateur game.
1: Dan from the sideline Scott can't sit on the sideline anymore. Dan still got his license, but Scott's license is revoked. He has to sit in the owners box from now on.
0: <laughs> what What was that like when you had both of them sitting on the sideline with you?
1: Well, Dan is a lot more calm, and he likes to keep a good atmosphere on the bench and you know he likes to keep a cool head and scott on the other hand is is the complete opposite you know he's just so into the games and he's so emotionally involved and he's so competitive that you know he lets his emotions get the most of him so he's screaming and yelling and you know he's just being a a um You know, a compassionate owner, you know, he he loves the team and he wants the team to win no matter what, if it's a preseason game or the biggest game of our lives. He'll never be part of a game and not be intense or be competitive. That's that's his that's his uh, what he's known for. And Dan is just Dan, you can keep on the sideline because he can actually give you thoughtful, (laughs) you know, back (laughs) because he's actually thinking. And then Scott's just you know in there going crazy.
0: So just going off of that, obviously, it seems like it's, ha- it's some fun having both of the owners there, and they each have their own personalities. And you've been involved with the club for a good amount of years now. What would you say has been your favorite experience in your time with with FC Motown?
1: Oof, that's a hard one. Uh, Cause we've had we've had many. And then we've had plenty of downs too. Um, I'd probably say my my favorite memory is when we beat Lansdowne in the qualifying round of Lamar Hunt. That was the first year that I was coaching, and uh, that was the first year you know Motown got serious, and we had Lansdowne in our first game. And, at the at the time, Lansdowne was probably the best amateur team in the in the nation, and uh, we were hosting them home, and that was my first big game as a coach. So for me, it was very nerve wracking, and I was I I could have thrown up. That's how <laughs> that's how nervous I was for the game. I I couldn't stand still. Uh, I you know it was it's something I'll never forget. But we ended up winning at the death with Andres Berriel scoring a header that put us through to the next round. And man, I can remember it like it was yesterday, the joy and the ecstasy that we were going through after he scored the goal was something I haven't experienced since I was playing at a competitive level. You know, that was, that was probably the best moment of my uh, FC Motown coaching career.
0: That's a very good memory to have you've obviously coached through some big games as well, being in the u s Open Cup for a few years in a row now you went to the national championship game two years ago. Last year you won another Keystone championship, so kind of just going off of those like those wins uh-huh. what was it like when you made that national championship game and then last year repeating that title of the Keystone Conference?
1: I think that the first year that we had Dilly it was it was fun because we had such a good vibe in the locker room, and we had great players that were really committed to the cause. And, um, you know, we obviously matched up against Cosmos at the time, who had a bunch of pros on the team. Uh, meanwhile, we had Hani Nasir, who was... Going through med school at the time, during the day, and then playing at night. So we were huge underdogs in that game, and we had we went out there with nothing to lose, um, and we played phenomenal. I think at one point it could have been, you know, five or six zero. You know, we missed a bunch of chances, and uh, you know they came back at the end, and they almost took the soul out of me when they when one of their players had a free kick on top of the box, and would. Ten seconds left in the game, and he almost put it in the back of the net to tie it up, <laughs> but uh you know we prevailed, and we you know that was a fun year. We went to the final we played Portland in the semifinal and then we hosted Miami in the final. I mean, having that much attention in Morristown at Drew University and the magnitude of that game, you know that's something that this is why we do it. You know, we had Bradley Wright Phillips, Tyler Adams at the game. You know, we had almost 4,000 people at the game. And after the game, I look around and I'm like, man, you know, this was this is all worth it. You know, this is what we do it for, you know, to provide nights like this for the players and for the owners and for myself and for local fans. You know, that can get a little bit more intimate with the club. Um, You know, those are. Those are things that you never forget, you know.
0: And obviously the club's ambition is to get back to the championship game last year, just a little bit short. What are you looking forward to this year to kind of make that push again?
1: Um, well, last year was kind of weird because we went through a turnover and uh, of players and uh, we were a little bit younger and we had some new faces we had a lot of faces and it was hard to get that locker room environment you know that we we couldn't gel in the locker room because we had so many games so many you know back-to-backs close you know you're playing a game and then you, two days later you're playing another game and with the travel and guys in the summer want to go down the shore they go on vacation you know so it was tough last year with all the uh, all the hurdles that we had to go through. But this year, I mean, we're learning from that. So this year we're going to try to limit that. And we got some faces back, you know, second-year players, third-year players, fourth-year players. So I think we got a good thing brewing for this year. And, um you know, obviously having Dilly back is is huge. You know, that guy can win games for you by himself. Um So, yeah, you know, we're just going to – keep our heads down and stay humble and try to repeat what we did two years ago.
0: So just talking about all of the different players last season, even going back to two years ago, what is your process as a head coach for putting a team together for your home games since you're a semi-pro slash amateur team?
1: Well, it's, well, it's very difficult. And, uh, you know, I don't envy Scott because he's the one that has to reach out to all the guys and see who's available. I mean, as a staff, myself, Dan, Scott, Allen, we come up with, with a list of 18 players that we hand over to Scott. And we say, Scott, can you find out if these guys are available this weekend? And he's got to individually reach out to all the players and get the confirmation that they're, you know, they'll be at the game. And then if not, you know, we find the next guy that's in the pool of players that we have. Um, It's not easy because sometimes guys are pulling out the day of the game or hours before the game. And, you know, it's, it's a headache that Scott doesn't have to deal with, but that's something that happens in the amateur game. You know, these guys are not pros, you know, they have lives and this for them is fun and it's fun for us, so. You know, you obviously try to set your priorities in life. You know, if something comes up that you can't make it, you know, you're going to tell us that you can't make it, and then we're going to have to scramble to find the next guy. So um, that's usually the process, and we try to keep it – we try to keep the same guys around so that this way we can develop a core, and I think we do. I think we've had one. There's some guys that are still playing with us since i was playing on the team you know guys like maxi and marcus and kane those guys are still around and you know those core guys usually are usually are on point and you know they come to uh, most of the games they're not really a problem
0: and in your last answer you talked about the locker room environment so for people who have made the trip to your university or maybe have been involved with the team, or even just for the fans, like, go behind the scenes, what is that locker room like there? Obviously, at the stadium, there's the, um, there's an area right back yeah. there.
1: Yeah, I mean, I have to start off by saying that Drew, Drew University is absolutely beautiful. I mean, the locker room, the set up, you know the landscape, the background of the trees and the field and the stands. I mean, um, you know it doesn't get any better than that. Um, I think in the Morristown area. So, when players come to our locker room, or you know, if they're the first time if it's their first time coming to play with us, they show up to Drew and they see, you know, that we tried to do everything at top level, and I mean you know the locker rooms it's 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 great for for the amateur level and i trust me i've been around the pro ranks and i've seen some locker rooms and i would say that our setup is is better than some pro teams obviously not in mls but when i was in germany playing over there you know it's some of the teams you know they just have a single room with, with coat hangers, and they say, here, this is, your, this is your locker, you know. And But the setup that we have is fantastic at Drew.
0: And now switching the topic, staying with the team, though, how do you, as a coach, set up for the away games? You were talking about the player selection. Obviously, it's a little different if you're going to, say, a uh, team over in Pennsylvania, like Westchester, a team all the way down at the shore.
1: My philosophy is that when we travel that far, I don't want to bring too many guys because then everyone will want to play. No one's, no one at this age in, in our situation is trying to travel two hours to play ten minutes or fifteen minutes. So we try to travel light, um, and uh, you know the logistics of it is, is we meet at Home Depot in Totoa and we carpool together and you know Scott's got five guys in his car I'll have three guys in my car and you know we'll travel for for a little bit longer games like the Baltimore game last year um we we rented out a um a sprinter van and you know we packed that up and we head over to Baltimore so for the longer games we'll do it that way and then for the Pennsylvania games we'll usually carpool um as far as the roster yeah we try to keep it light You know, I'd say ideally uh, a 14 to 16-man roster for those games just because, again, you know, guys want to travel that far and play significant amounts of minutes. Otherwise, they get turned off and then they might not come back.
0: So it definitely is an interesting situation. Most people, when they think of sports, they think of taking the bus down. But as you're saying, it's basically just you'll have like five cars full of full yeah, of players we, or three cars or whatever it is
1: yeah when we played rochester in the open cup lamar Hunt open cup we we took one of those um greyhound buses but again you know th- that's that's a huge expense and you know that'll, that that kind of hurts our pockets and um uh, it just makes financial sense for the shorter games luckily we don't have to travel too far too often so um you know we can just carpool guys are okay you know or. Our guys are in high-maintenance. You know They know what the deal is.
0: So now shifting from last season and looking behind the scenes at how you set up for games, recently the club has started having their friendlies with the U.S. Open Cup only about a month out. You had a 0-0 draw against Hartford Athletic, who played in the USL Championship, the second tier. You have some big games this weekend when you host at Montclair State, a little three-game, three-team tournament. What do you think is the main goal for the team in the lead-up to the U.S. opening cup with these friendlies?
1: I think, you know, just getting sharp. Um, guys are coming off the winter, and as you know, you know, all these guys are amateurs, so during the winter break and all these holidays and festivals, you know, we don't play throughout that period, and our guys are enjoying life, you know, they're, uh, they're not really looking to go out running in two feet of snow, so uh, or play soccer. You know, so our goal is in preseason is to number one, you know, get the the technique back and the sharpness back, and then number two is obviously fitness. You know, uh, our guys are aren't paid to be fit; they're not fit, you know, all year round. So um, these games are important for us, so that these guys can get you know, 90-minute fitness, and, uh you know, if we don't play that game versus Hartford last week, and if we don't play versus Westchester this week, our guys wouldn't have played a 90-minute game in over maybe, year, I'd say, two months, so you can imagine what that's like coming off a two-month break and going straight into games, It's it's tough, so... I mean, the results is on the back burner for me. I know Dan and Scott, obviously, they want to win every game, but I want to make sure that our guys are are getting to where we need to be progressively. You know, I think that versus Hartford, our guys did well. You know, they competed. They were at a good fitness level. The, The sharpness was there. I think the competitiveness was there. I think we were at a better spot now than we were last year in preseason so I'm pretty happy with the guys that you know have worked over the break and you know came came into camp pretty hungry
0: and kind of focusing on the U.S. Open Cup a little bit more last year obviously you had the option to have the college kids this year it is no longer the college kids especially since it starts in March in the NCAA season Mm -hmm. the kids Mm -hmm. aren't out of school yet so how different is that for you preparing for the games knowing that you don't really have those college kids and it's a lot of the returning players
1: um it's there's always good and bad I mean um the college kids you know they did they did really well for us last year and uh you know they're just they're young and and they're hungry and they want to fight and they want to play and they want to run as much and um you know our a our older guys you know the guys that are that are out of college they're a little bit more experienced and a little bit more weathered so in tough situations they might do something better than maybe a younger guy would um so this year we kind of went a little bit more older in that sense and um you know we'll see how it goes you know i think a right combination is probably the best you know because you can't have a team full of grandpas either you know there's got to be some <laughs> younger guys that can you know run all day for the older guys but um yeah you know I, i'm not i'm not worried about having a veteran team or an older team i think it might be even better if i dare to say
0: Maybe it will be. We'll we'll have to wait until next month to to see how they play. And you have a a good matchup in in round two of the U.S. and U.S. Open Cup as well. And now, kind of focusing more on round one. What is your main thought going into your matchup with New York New York Pansiprian Freedoms?
1: Well, they're I mean they're a historic club, and you know I can't say you know anything bad about them this that club is has been here for years and years and they've done fantastic things for the amateur game um you know that's one of the best amateur clubs in the nation and so they're also a little bit older like we are and a lot more i wouldn't say a lot more experience but they have tons of experience on their side and um it's going to be a battle of the titans you know in the amateur level um we for sure definitely don't write them off you know i think that you know i've seen them play over the years and that's a very 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 tough team to play um so you know we just gotta stick to what we're gonna do and the game plan and you know let's see who comes out on top
0: We will see. Take it one game at a time. But hopefully it will be a a good U.S. Open Cup for FC Motown. And now to finish off this interview, uh, I want to get a little bit more personal. So to give a little more background to the fans of the team, do you have any other jobs you do during the season? And then once the season is done for Motown, what do you do during the fall season per se? So in the
1: fall season... I just recently joined Fordham uh men's soccer and you know, I have another family over there with Carlo, Phil and Rich. Um, so that was that was super fun and, you know, interesting and new and you know, eye opening and so in the fall I was with Fordham and then I shipped gears to to Motown after the new year and you know, as you know college season is kind of in the off season. In the spring, so I shift gears to Motown, and I also go to school. Um, I go to Montclair State. I got another year left, I'm finishing my bachelor's degree there. And then, on top of that, I have my foundation with Mehdi Belucci. You know, the Kickstart Joy Foundation, where we bring, you know, used soccer cleats to Syrian refugees and displaced in Jordan. Um, and then you know, I have my personal life, but it's, it's, it's tough. I'm saying it nonchalantly, but it's (laughs) been tough. It's been a lot of work on my hands, you know, especially with school and then the demands and, and the competitive nature of, of Fordham and uh, with, with Motown, you know, it's, you're trying to balance so many things at one time. So it's very, you know, it's demanding, but I love it. You know, I don't think I'd have it any other way. I think that you know, I'd, I'd rather be running around than sitting doing nothing.
0: Well, it sounds like you definitely have a lot on your plate and you're starting to, to ramp up a little bit more as the U.S. Open Cup is getting ready and especially with NPSL season only a couple of months out. It was great talking to you today. I hope you have a great rest of your preseason. I will see you right. once the regular season starts. And let's hope for a great season for FC Motown. Thank you so much, Coach Hot.
1: Thank you, Charlie, for having
0: me. Well, that was Coach Sachi Hot of FC Motown giving you some more insight into game days and a preview of this year's team. A big thanks to Coach Hot for coming on to the podcast, and there are plenty more interviews coming up before the U.S. Open Cup and NPSL season, so make sure to stay tuned to this podcast. You can subscribe and listen on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to your podcasts. Thank you for listening to this episode of Around the Green, and I will see you next episode.